limited time only. That's code SKY12 at HelloFresh.com slash SKY12. This will be a day of reckoning for one college. A 26-member commission today will release a report on the racist roots of Baylor University in Waco, Texas. Among other things, it's expected to include recommendations on statues, building names, and plaques on the campus of the oldest continually operating university in Texas. The three men who founded the school in 1845, including two Baptist missionaries, had strong ties to slavery. Jim Crisula, CBS News. An early spring in Japan has changed. Cherry Blossom fans packing into parks in Tokyo, taking pictures, enjoying picnics. That has health officials worried about a resurgence in COVID infections. The governor is advising people to enjoy the flowers, but stick to just looking. A state of emergency in Tokyo and three surrounding prefectures was lifted on Sunday after a third wave of infections brought the medical system to the brink of collapse. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. This is an advertisement paid non-attorney spokesperson, Ricky LeBlanc, admitted in Massachusetts only. Sokolov Law, LLC, Chestnut Hill, Mass., Paul J. Morgan, Winter Park, Florida. Greg Hoppy, New Jersey, Michael Bro Gonzalez, admitted Louisiana. While this firm maintains joint responsibility, most cases of this type are referred to other attorneys for principal responsibility. Mesothelioma. If you know what mesothelioma is, you or someone you love has likely been affected by this devastating cancer. You may be entitled to compensation. Call Sokolov Law today. 1-800-578-2400. The only known cause of mesothelioma is asbestos exposure. Thousands of U.S. veterans and trade workers are at risk for the disease. Nearly $30 billion in court-ordered trusts has been set aside to pay money to asbestos victims. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with mesothelioma, call now. You may be able to receive compensation without ever going to court or filing a lawsuit. Call for a free legal consultation at 1-800-578-2400. That's 1-800-578-2400. one 800 2400. Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's really not, it's the, not Kim the Kim and Ruth, Ruth Show. It's really. <laughs> I don't know. Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics. And all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. Are you looking for some household items? What about some jewelry? Or how about some new clothing for that newborn baby or that kid that's all grown up? Find all this and more at the Flea Market Craft Show on March 27th at the Albany Fairgrounds from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Looking to be a vendor? Contact Howard Septic at 740-662-2603. It's the Flea Market Craft Show at the Albany Fairgrounds March 27th. Sponsored by Howard Septic Service and the Rolling Pin in association with the Albany Fair Board. Want to buy your own home, but think you can't afford it? What if you got down payment assistance or a discounted interest rate just for being a recent college grad, teacher, nurse, or veteran? The Ohio Housing Finance Agency offers this and more, and our programs are always available for eligible Ohioans, big city, small town, and everywhere in between. Find out if you qualify at myohiohome.org. That's myohiohome.org. Homeownership, ready when you are. These days, we're all doing a lot more virtually, which is why at Ohio Health, we've expanded our virtual care options and availability to make it even easier to get safe expert care at home. That includes virtual visits with over a thousand trusted providers in every medical specialty. Learn more about our virtual health options at ohiohealth.com slash virtual health. 
Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is, fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-362-2000-362-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. I'm a private real estate investor who can solve your real estate problems fast for cash. Do you want to sell and just be done with it? Okay, great. I buy vacant properties, boarded up houses, pre-foreclosures, and inherited properties. I also buy apartment buildings, rental portfolios, divorce homes. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. I look forward to solving your real estate problems today. Give me a call for an all-cash offer at 614-362-2000. 2468 your new quarterback, Berger, had a little bit of a tough time in his first start. Well, that's right. He spent a lot of time on the ball field, uh, uh, literal. I mean, they, they really pasted him up good. They was blitzing him. They was red-dogging him. And he, he spent a lot of time on the seat of his pants. But your defense uh, must not have played too well either, giving up 57 points. And you had a new uh, defensive scheme for this game, didn't you? Well, you know, that's all my fault. Uh, you know, the fact that we didn't do too good on offense and didn't do too good on defense. You know, a new quarterback, the boy named Berger, spent a lot of his time in his own backfield, piled up with them defensive boys on him. And that's because we took one of our star offensive linemen, uh, Gap Gibson, and moved him over to defense. We was trying something new on defense, too. We was thinking that uh, me and Crush Cromar, our linebacker coach, we figured that they had such a good running game such good running backs on their ball team that we ought to put in another running uh, back stopper, another linebacker in there. So instead of regular old three linebackers like we regular have, Mike, Sam, and Willie, the Smith brothers, we was going to put old Gap Gibson at linebacker. He was used to coming up against them big boys on, on offense. We figured we'd put him in on defense and have him come up against them big boys on offense. But it didn't work. Unfortunately, RSVP was able to just roll up the score on you. Well, they wasn't the answer, that's for sure. I mean, uh, they, they uh, piled up some points, and they piled up some yards, and they piled up some first downs, and it was, it was a real avalanche out there. I'll be back with Coach Turf right after this message. And this program proudly brought to you by the Athens Recycling Center. Uh, Coach Turf, in a 57 to nothing loss, sometimes there aren't many positive things to say we're 
You're well, able sometimes to come up... they is, but this ain't one of them times, because we did have a real bright spot in the ball game. I'm talking about good old Shank Wedgman. You remember him from the golf team. Right. He's your uh, punter this, this uh, year, isn't he? Well, that's right. You know, he was back there. This is his first year on the football team. We made a punter out of that boy, and it seemed like every time I looked up, I was either seeing old Chuck Berger, the quarterback, sitting down on his patootie, or I seen uh, Shank Wedgman booming one out of there on fourth down. So your punter had a good kicking average for the game. Well, that's right. He was, of course, he was in there on enough plays. He should have done a good job. Coach, I think you had a special promotion in connection with the RSVP game, Key Night, I believe. Well, that's right. Everybody would uh, come into the ball game to see that fine ball game. We give them a key, and then at halftime, we draw it out a winning key, and the winner gets to drive our 19 and 37 Packard around for a whole week. Who was the winner, Coach? Well, that's interesting, and I'm glad you asked me that question, because the winner of the driving around the Packard for a whole week, you won. So here's, here's the keys. Be sure and have them back 6 o'clock Friday, and have a blast. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH Good morning, folks. Welcome. Sun is trying to uh, pop out. Looks like it's going to be a beautiful day. 45 degrees outside at the moment and uh, headed up to 70. Well, here it says 67, but I'll bet you it's going to hit 70. And tomorrow, 72. Thursday, 70. Saturday, 72. I think we've turned the corner. I think it's truly spring, and it is officially, of course, now, but um, I'm just excited. It's uh, We've had plenty of stuff to pull us down emotionally and all of that over the last year. And, of course, I'm referring to COVID and other things. And uh, it's nice to have something brightening our day again. You know what I mean? Yes. Sounds good. Let's go for it. We stride into spring. Spring has sprung. Today is March 23rd. This is National Puppy Day. That's cool. National, uh, say what? We like puppies. Indeed. National Tip and Dip Day. That's another favorite. (laughs) National Ag Day, like agriculture. Yeah. National Chia Day. Help me with that one. Chia, okay. Have you heard of the Chia Pet that you see advertised on TV? Okay. Where you can grow the grass out of a figurine's head or something like that. Okay. They have grassy hair. So that's what you think it is. Yeah, that's okay. what that's what it is. Or you know, you can 
get them to grow grass out of any pottery thing that's been made. With it's got dirt and grass seed in it. Fair enough. National Chia Day. National Near Miss Day. I've had a couple of those near misses. Ditto. It's American Diabetes Association Alert Day. National Tamale Day. Let me think here. As much as I've eaten Mexican food, have I ever had a tamale, a hot tamale? Or a cold tamale? (laughs) I don't think I have. Well, anyway. You can have those with... I guess I better take one up later. Yeah. It's like a stuffed, you know, what, piece of dough, corn dough? Well... Put it in there with meat or meat and cheese or... Every Mexican dish seems to be like yep, that. Fruit and vegetables, whatever you choose. National 3D Day. Three-dimensional, right? Yep. <clears throat> National Melba Toast Day. And finally, National Education and Sharing Day. Okay. okay now, Melba Toast, what is that? Those are like little crackers. Are they dipped in something before they're toasted? You or can. What? I mean, you know, they're just... Um, it's kind of like a dry, crispy, thin-sliced piece of uh, crunchy, crispy but do you eat cracker. It? As it is, or do you, yeah, you jazz can. it up with something? Yeah, it's it's basically thinly sliced toast. Okay. You can eat it. Uh, some people eat them with soups or salad. You can eat it plain. You can dip it in something, okay. dip it out of something. Well, my wife even makes fun of me because I'm a real dipper. <laughs> uh, I love to um, crackers or whatever, you know, Yeah, um, have something to dip them in. Yeah, pretty tasty with dipping. You know that list you just read? How many of them were there? Some days we have one or two. Some days we have 12 or 20, it seems like. Oh, let me count here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven on this date. Yeah. And other days we have what? One or two? I've never seen just one. I haven't. But, I mean, maybe, maybe I... Didn't do it that day. <laughs> Could uh, be. But normally it's just a couple. Yeah. We got the bonus list today. There you go. All right. Well, let's see here. Um, bobcats. We got to talk about the bobcats briefly. Yeah, we... we uh, for the first game, we went to a local restaurant, Shade, and... Um, and people were rooting, um, particularly toward the end, as it became a little more obvious that we were going to win. Um, but they had all the TVs around the perimeter running on it, right? Every one of them on the OU game? Uh, well, I'm going to say 90% of them. A bunch of them, yeah. Okay. And they've got a bunch. Um, uh, so... Grace Fort and Pat and myself decided we can't, we have to do the same thing <laughs> last night. We can't do anything to change the... Well, superstition, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In fact, we tried to find the same clothes. 
in the same table. Yeah, well, that didn't work out. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, we went, and of course, um, uh, they re- they play respectab- respectably, but uh, the result was different. It, they lost. Creighton, yeah. Creighton uh, had a good run there at a point, and it was hard to overcome it. Um, uh, there was, uh, uh, once again, everybody that was there was very clearly focused on the game. And um, so the Bobcats uh, basketball round ball season has come to an end. and uh, But still, they made it to um, the 32 mark, right? Yes, they did. And uh, congratulations to Jeff and the team. Absolutely. Now... Anything more you want to say about that? Well, they, I just want to say they had a great run. At one point, I called them the hottest team in the MAC about midway through the, the MAC season. Then they had a stretch there where they had uh, three games canceled, I think. And then they came back, started playing well again. And they just blew right through the tournament. I mean, they had large leads in all three of those games in seeds that were higher than them all three games and uh you know they they beat virginia the defending national champions from 2019 obviously they didn't play last year but uh still a lot of those players came back to play for uh virginia um the bobcats didn't play their best game against virginia but they still won uh same thing happened i think kind of last night they just didn't play their best game and it just wasn't enough like it was against Virginia. However, uh, you know, you, you can't single out any, anyone uh, because one player or one play does not make a game. Um, however, they had contributions. If you're going to do that, you got to single them out <clears throat> for their great games that they played through the year, too. And they had... Uh, you know, multiple guys leading as leading scorers during the season, not just you know the same one or two guys each game. So uh, they, I look for them to have a a uh, very nice season next year. And uh, you know, you you get all these rumors swirling around about uh, yeah. Coach Jeff Bowles. You know, is he is he leaving? Uh, will he stay? Uh, of course, you know. Again, like like we mentioned yesterday and last week, he's got to look out for his family and his assistant coaches and their families, too, that have been there by his side helping him. Yes, he loves OU. Yes, he's called this his dream job. But that's the business, and I worked in it long enough, and I've been involved with athletics long enough that it, it happens. We've seen it happen here at Ohio University many times, so... It's not uncommon, you know. The coach has a good couple good seasons, and they they get called by bigger schools that can afford the bigger salaries, bigger recruiting budgets, nicer facilities. Not that the Bobcats don't have nice facilities, because I still say the Convocation Center is the best facility in the Mid American Conference to play basketball in. So um, with that, you know, it remains to be seen there have been speculation that Indiana tried to hire former Ohio State coach Thad Mata 
but apparently that fell through. But, uh, you know, again, just let's let's finish with a big congratulations to the Bobcats for uh, a great season and Coach Bowles turning around that program in, what, one to two seasons, I guess it would be. So uh, they are definitely on the up and up. Um, the next thing I'd like to bring up is kind of related to this. Okay. Scott, I don't know when, what year you started your gig with the athletic department. Uh, it was in March of 2000. Okay. Well, then this, uh, this story doesn't apply directly to you. Okay. Harold McElhaney was our athletic director. Yes, I knew Mac. Um, in high in uh, high school and college days, he was known as Hal, and he was a whale of a player, football, fullback, I think. Um. But um, put a rough year on when he, what years he was athletic director here at Ohio University. Oh, he was the AD when when I was playing baseball at OU. So I'm going to say late 70s uh, into probably mid to late 80s. Okay. And Bill Rohr was the AD before Mac. Yes. Um. Bill Rohr was the first one that I came in touch with when I arrived in Athens. But then it was Mac. Um, and, of course, we've had some since. Um, anyway, word comes from uh, North Carolina, Cary, North Carolina, that Gloria, Mac's wife, has passed. Oh. Uh, this was on March 9th of this month. Uh, evidently, she had a long battle with spinal challenges. Um, she was born on August 8th in 1938. Um, it goes on the obituary I have in front of me. Gloria is survived by her adoring and devoted husband of 62 years, Harold Mack McElhaney who fell in love with her at first sight when they were in high school. <laughs> she also leaves behind son Jeffrey, who lives in uh, Washington, D.C., daughter Mary Lynn, down in Carolina Beach, and a daughter, Dr. Kelly McElhaney of Oakland, California, and four grandchildren, and so on and so forth. But um, the point is, Um, as I think back, and help me with the sequence. So Bill Rohr, then Mac, who was next? Hmm, I want to say uh, Thomas Bay. Okay. Then Kirby, Holcutt. Kirby, Holcutt. Mm-hmm. Then Jim. Jim Shouse. Yep. And now Julie. Yeah. 
And I think the one I know the least is Julie, but that's my fault. It's nothing. Don't don't read anything into that. It's just, um, you know, the the department has changed, and like we now instead of having to deal with the leadership of the department, we have to deal with a third party which is IMG. And so the relationships we had over the years with the athletic directors and their assistants and the coaches are now one removed. Everything works through this company that represents many colleges um, in the country, right? Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I kind of took that uh, kind of the faded way that uh, you know relationship, like you mentioned, with the ads and coaches and assistants, mm. by having to go through that additional channel now. And these companies, such as IMG, they represent um, all the public relations, the the networks of broadcasts, the all those sort of things, and then they. Um, they sell advertising on those networks, and then the you know they have to pay the university x number of dollars for the rights to do that. And there's uh, multiple companies that do it, um, and then each university selects which one um, they feel would best work for them. Anyway, Gloria McElhaney has passed. Yeah, it's too bad. I I I went to. Um, I'm sorry. That's okay. I just I recall meeting her uh, a couple times. Such a such a nice lady. Oh, I she mean, she was beautiful. Yeah. Any any kind word, compliment, superlative, whatever you wanted to use, it that was her. Yeah. Uh, lived up there in um, is it Canterbury or Coventry? Um, right above. Mm. C&E hardware. Yeah, I want to yeah, say Coventry. Yeah, I can drive right to their house. Uh, but anyway, for the house that had been theirs. Yeah. Um. It sounds like they live or are now residing in Cary, North Carolina, which is another nice place. But I tried to find any kind of recent information about Harold or Hal or Mac. Okay, in high, you know he was a he was a member of the Hall of Fame at Duke. Um, at another school, I can't think of its name suddenly. Um, maybe it was Allegheny. I think it was Allegheny. Um, and he's been in a number of Hall of Fames, college things like that. But um, I was trying to find a recent picture of him and. All the ones I could find are much like he was when he was here. (laughs) (laughs) And that sort of thing. Oh, well. Uh, Harold McElhaney. And uh, fair enough. All right. He approached me, uh, I think it was my senior year at Ohio, uh, to be a student-athlete member on a search committee as we were uh, searching for a head football coach. 
at the time after the uh, passing of Bill Hess. Mm. And then uh, Coach Cap served as an interim head coach. And uh, he was one of the three finalists. I can say that now, I'm sure, without anything, uh, you know, going haywire with that or whatever you want to call it. But Bob Kappas. Yeah, Bob Kappas. Um, Fine guy. Yeah, because they, I don't think, I well, I think they revealed the finalists of that too. So it's nothing that wasn't public information already. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was hoping Coach Cap would be the next head coach, but unfortunately he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Burke was hired for that. But Mac came to me and asked me to serve on that committee, and uh, I was happy to do it. The search committee for an athletic director, of course. or excuse me, head football coach, but for the athletic director. Well, today is Tuesday. It's March twenty third, eighty second day of the year. If you're good at math, you know there's two hundred and eighty three days now remaining. Our highlight in history: March twenty third, but the year seventeen seventy five. Patrick Henry delivered an address to the Virginia Provincial uh, Convention in which he said to have declared, Give me liberty or give me death. You've heard that phrase many times. See here. Um... Guess we could come back to that if time permits. Okay. <clears throat> and we did this one. I'll set that over there. Get my act together here. You know, Mac was also a uh, wrestler in college. Yes, as, I did. As well, did learn that last last night. I think he night. was the ACC champion. Really? At one point, yeah. And also an eighth-round draft pick of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's funny. You know, I remember shaking hands with him the first time. And, um, you know, I mean, now, how tall was he? Six? Uh, yeah, six one, six two, I think. Yeah, and, and I'm 5'5". Five, five. Uh, but his hand engulfed my hand. It's funny mitts. how little things like that you remember yeah. all these years. Yeah. And uh, I have a strong handshake, but um, uh, and and when I'm shaking hands with a man, it, it generally they respond to that. Um, but he had a strong handshake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's do a little COVID stuff here. Okay. I just thought I would add that while you were. Perusing your information there for the next topic of discussion. (laughs) Um, As of uh, yesterday, uh, we have now had 13,937 people in Athens County vaccinated. That is 21.3%. That's a good number. State of Ohio is 24%. So we're just um, just two ten two two percent behind them. Uh, 
but uh, of course the state of Ohio has a whole bunch more people. So they have vaccinated 2,822,236. The United States, their vaccination is now standing at 37.6%. That's 124,480,000. Now, when you look at the worldwide thing, it's way behind. Uh, 5% in the world. 5.7. One of the landmarks we hit yesterday was in the state of Ohio. The number of cases for the first time hit 1 million. Uh, That is to say that 8.5%, 8.56 to be exact, of our state's population has experienced COVID. I think, um, let's see, Athens had seven new cases yesterday. The state of Ohio had 1,444 new cases yesterday. Well, uh, folks, I I do feel, and I don't want to, I don't want my remarks to cause anyone to back off of being cautious. Mercy, no. But I have a feeling we're getting this under control. I know there are many people watching very carefully these, what do you call it, variations of... the variants. The variants of COVID. Yeah. Um, Please. Please, please keep up the good work out there. Help your friends and neighbors. All that sort of thing. All right. We'll put that aside. We had a terrible incident occurring in Boulder, Colorado this morning. Or was it yesterday? Yeah, I think it was yesterday. Okay. I know Boulder well. Actually had a very bad accident on the uh, interstate there. And um, totaled a car that had, and I had on the back um, a trailer with two motorcycles. Everything was destroyed. Now, this is 1969, maybe, maybe 68. 68, I think it was. And um, a scrap metal truck dropped a piece off the back as it was going down the interstate. I was headed down to Denver. And I was going to turn left and start toward Ohio. My right front tire 
struck it. It tore the, what do you call it, tie rods or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it could go any direction it went. It took me over and made me crash into the concrete pillars of an overpass. I had a young gal with me who I was taking back to Ohio with me. And uh, she was trapped in the car, her leg in the uh, glove box and all of that. They got her extracted, took her to the hospital. She stayed overnight. Um, but then she was released. Um, anyway, back then, I don't know how it is now, but back then... Um, you couldn't rent a car unless you were 25 years of age or older. I was not 25. But my dad, um, <laughs> this, this is true. He had Hertz rental car, credit card, or whatever it was, I, some sort of ID from Hertz. And the number on the card was seven. <laughs> <laughs> one of the first ones yeah. issued a card. Yeah, yeah. The seventh one. So he called uh, the Hertz place out there, explained the situation, said he would take full responsibility as far as insurance and everything like that. Rent my son a car. And that's exactly what happened. So we made it eventually back to Columbus. I've had better times in Boulder than that, too. <laughs> but that was my last experience in Boulder. That would not be a good time. No. Okay. So, what are we talking about Boulder for? The fact is, unless you haven't seen the news this morning... Boulder, Colorado is recovering this morning after authorities responded to an active shooter situation at a supermarket yesterday. A man who had just left the store uh, told of the Associated Press that he heard gunshots and saw three people lying face down, two in the parking lot and one near the doorway. He said he couldn't tell if they were breathing. Then a shirtless man with blood running down his leg was escorted out of the store in handcuffs by two police officers. Um, I lost my place here. Just a minute. Video posted on YouTube showed one person on the floor inside the store and two more outside on the ground. But the extent of their injuries wasn't clear. What sounds like two gunshots are also heard at the beginning of the video. A man who said he was shopping at the store told uh, KCNC TV that he heard a loud bang, then heard another, and by the third, everyone was running. He said they ran to the back of the store found the employee area, and workers told them how to escape. 
They walk single file with their arms on the backs of those in front of them. Okay, now, this is a story that was uh, printed at 6.03 this morning. We have much more information now. But the gist of it is 10 people died. And I think I have heard that they have the shooter in... Custody. They, thank you. Yeah. Custody. Yeah, they do. So as this day goes on, we'll know <clears throat> more and more, I guess, about that. Sad, sad. Yes. <clears throat> All right. What time is it? we got 15 minutes. Um... Let's see. Let's let's uh, do a little bit of history. Okay. So on this date, what ha- what else has happened? This date of March twenty-three. Well, in the year fourteen ninety, the first dated edition of oh boy, Maimonides Mishneh Torah. True. A code of Jewish religious law is published. 1490. 1775, Patrick Henry proclaims, we've already done this. We did. Give me liberty or give me death. Give me liberty. 1919, the 8th Congress of the Russian Communist Party reestablishes a five-member Politburo which becomes the center of political power in the Soviet Union. The original members were Vladimir Lenin, Leon Trotsky, Joseph Stalin, Liv um, Kemenev, I think that's how it is, and Nikolai Kristinsky. Kristinsky. Well, there's a crew for you. Three of the five, very, uh, very well known. The other two, pretty much so also. Okay. 1933 on this date, the German Reichstag grants Adolf Hitler dictatorial powers. Dictatorial. Dictatorial. There, I got it. Um, 1945, the Battle of Okinawa, U.S. Navy ships bombed the Japanese island of Okinawa in preparation for the Allied invasion. It would become the largest battle of the Pacific War in World War II. 1942. Okay, let's look at some other stuff here. Okay, so here here's our famous birthday section, right? Okay. Akira Kurosawa. So that's K-U-R-O-S-A-W-A. Akira Kurosawa. He was a Japanese film director, screenwriter, and producer who directed 30 films in a career spanning 57 years. He is regarded as one of the most important and influential filmmakers in the history of cinema. 
Kurosawa entered the Japanese film industry in 1936 following a brief stint as a printer. Okay. Do we can we name a couple of films we might have known? Oh, let's see. Or are these so Seven Samurai? Rashomon? Uh Ran or is it Ron? I don't know. From 1985 and from 61 Yojimbo. Well, a couple of those are faintly familiar to Yeah, Seventh Samurai is familiar. Sounds familiar. Okay, next, Joan Crawford. Born in 1905 on this date. By the way, I never said. Akira was born in 1910 on this date. He died in 1998. Joan Crawford was born in 1905 on this date and died in 1977. Great eyes she had. Um, let's see, name a couple of her most famous works, if you can. Um, let's see here what we can find. Um, Whatever Happened to Baby, Mildred Pierce, The Women, from 1939 and from 1954, Johnny Guitar. Okay. None of them... None of them are all that earth-shattering to me. Yeah, I, let's see. I was see. thinking there were some others. Grand Hotel from 1932. Uh, Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte. Yep. That one sounds familiar. Um, let's see. Possessed from 1947. That's Entertainment from 1976. Well, anyway, we all know the name. Joan yep. Crawford. Now, we got, uh, let's see here. Two more. In the way of birthdays. One is Roger Bannister. Ah, uh, yes. Who uh, was born in 1929 <laughs> on this date, died in 2018. Track star from the University of Kansas. He was the first one to break the uh, four-minute mile. And going track. way far back, James Bradley, born in 1693. Died in 1762. Looks like has the hair to do and everything to go with that 1693 look. Yeah. The the Vogue back then was an English astronomer and priest who served as the Astronomer Royal from 1742. He was best known for two fundamental discoveries in astronomy the aberration of light, and the nutation of the Earth's axis. <laughs> two, two deaths to uh, bring up. Um, first of all, we have Bagat Singh. So, <clears throat> S-I-N-G-H. First name is B-H-A-G-A-T. And he died on this date in 1931. He was not very old at all. He was an Indian politician. Okay. I, let's see here. By the 20, looks like 24 years of age when he passed. Yeah, not, not very old. And this one we certainly know about, Elizabeth Taylor. Yes, we do. Born in 1932, died on this date in 2011.
All right. Let's see here. Lots of movies for her. Cleopatra. Lots of what? Movies. Oh, I thought you said something else. Oh, my. Yeah. Okay. Cat on a hot tin roof. I'll leave it alone. <laughs> Who's afraid of, probably a good idea. Who's yeah. afraid of Virginia Woolf? Uh, Ivanhoe, Little Women, The Flintstones. I came across a report <laughs> overnight called um, Best Taxpayer Return on Investment, State by State. And it says, uh, with tax day delayed to May 17th. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. we had, uh, they, Not April 15th. Right. It's May 17th. Yes, it's been extended another month. Oh, well, that gives me a little relief. I've been working hard on that. I'll keep going. Okay. That way you won't be procrastinating again. Well, I, right? I, I'm not, I didn't, I'm just, um... You know, Pat's medical stuff. Oh, yeah. It's complicated. Yes, it, it gets that way, yes. Okay. Well, that helps. Anyway, it, so it reads, with tax day delayed to May 17th, and 74% of people thinking the government has not spent their tax dollars wisely during the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, today we released a report on the states with the best and worst taxpayer return on investment during 2021. So, they used 30 metrics to compare the quality and efficiency of state government services across five categories. What are they? Education, health, safety, economy, infrastructure, and pollution. And they go on to say, taking into account the drastically different rates at which citizens are taxed in each state. So when you take the, the 50 states plus the District of Columbia, so they have 51 units, okay? The overall return on investment, with one being the best, 25 average, and so on. Ohio is sixth. Not bad. Not bad. Pretty good, actually. That's really overall. Good. Now let's take total taxes per capita for those 18 years of age or higher. It comes in 12th. 12th out of 51. For education, 31st. For health, 25th. For safety, 17th. For the economy, 25th. And for infrastructure and pollution and that sort of thing, 22nd. Not bad. Not bad. All in the uh, upper half. So... Um, I think we have a special edition tomorrow, right? Um, what's tomorrow? Wednesday? The it's not 24th? on here. Krista booked something. Okay. But it's not on the chart here. Um, if you don't mind. Aren't we supposed to have uh, 
the athletic director, Holland, from Hawking College. That's it. That's it. But just uh, verify, just stick your head out the door and ask her if that's tomorrow. Okay. Okay. So, folks, as you've known, um, Ohio, I'm sorry, Hawking College uh, has started to add athletics. And they have a football team, which I think was their first effort. And now they've added, um, oh, I think uh, some track and field events, uh, at least cross country. Yep. And they have a baseball team, and they have now a basketball team, right? Yes. And I believe uh, women's volleyball is another one. Well, the point is, with all of that going on, they've had to name an athletic director. We just got done talking about OU's history of athletic directors. So uh, the gentleman that's been named to that post is going to be joining us this week. I think it's tomorrow. Okay. And we'll learn about it. Anyway, what started all of this is I'll bring in this complete report on Ohio's uh, taxpayer return on investment stuff uh, sometime in the next few days. Well, you know what? We may have to reschedule him because I think he was scheduled for today. Ken Hoffman. Really? Yeah. So did I foul out? I must have. What was I supposed to call him? What phone number? Uh, we have some okay. numbers here, some information. We can get that after we do. Maybe we can get him on tomorrow. Okay, that's... that's um, we'll work on that one. I need someone to help me with that. I got okay. a busy day, too. I will uh, forward you the information here. We have uh, three minutes left, and um, I came across a report about the best and worst states for doctors. I thought it'd be interesting to look at. So, um, we've got the category of opportunity and competition and medical environment. So, the best state for doctors According to this, is Montana. Now, who would have ever figured? I mean, I love I love Montana, but mercy, I would not have guessed that. Uh, in fact, I'll just name the top ten here: uh, Montana, Minnesota, Idaho, Wisconsin, Kansas is fifth. Tennessee, North Dakota, Nebraska, Mississippi, and Iowa is 10th. Okay, now, where does Ohio fall? I'm, I'm never real disappointed when I see Ohio right in the middle. It's 33rd. Now, where are some of the bad places, according to them? The worst is Rhode Island. Next to worst, Alaska. New York State comes in 49th. District of Columbia, 48th. I think this is a bit shocking. So, I'm going to 
I'm going to dig into this a little bit. Because it just doesn't make sense to me. All right. Well, folks, we are out of time. Um, In our 71st year of service to Southeast there. Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. People ran for their lives at a supermarket in Boulder, Colorado. There's a shooter, active shooter. Get away. Get back. When the shooting stopped, 10 people were dead, including a first responder. A suspect is in custody. Correspondent Omar Villafranca. One of the victims was a Boulder police officer, Eric Talley. He had been on the police department for about 10 years. He was killed after showing up to the scene after he got the call of shots fired. We still don't know officially the names of any of the victims, and police are telling us that they are trying to alert all 10 different families before they give that information out. They have not given out any information yet on who the suspect is or a possible motive. CBS's Catherine Herridge says the incident is focusing attention on gun laws. Boulder passed bans on assault weapons and large-capacity magazines. Magazines. But earlier this month, a county judge blocked the city from enforcing the bans. It's unclear whether any of the weapons that fell under the bans were used in yesterday's shooting. Federal health officials are calling out AstraZeneca for propping up late-phase trial results of its COVID vaccine with outdated information. CBS's Dr. David Agus says he's concerned. This is the dominant vaccine in the world and we've just questioned the data around it again. So AstraZeneca is promising to update that data within the next couple of days.